0: Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show.
1: I'm Noah Atherton, class of 2023, left tackle. I go to Longmont High School. I'm committed to South Coast State, and you're listening to Playmakers Corner.
0: Hello, all. It is Cody Stauffer here of the Playmakers Corner podcast, and we are going to continue one of my favorite series, and that is our series of interviews. This one is in relation to the top five 2023 position groups here in Colorado here where we talked to you know guys that we ranked and analyzed their film and saw games of. And, you know, kind of just give them a chance to explain themselves and uh, get to know their story. And we have one of those very special guests here today. And uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, where you're from, and uh, what position you play and where you played high school ball, feel free to uh, fill us in.
1: Yeah, I'm Noah Atherton. Uh, Go to Longmont High School in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, Play left left tackle. Um, And yeah, that's me.
0: Yes, sir. And if you don't know the name, you're going to get to know it by the end of this interview and what he's about. And uh, in addition to that, be sure to check out our top five 2023 offensive tackles list. Very, very talented group. And uh, Noah is no exception to that. But before we talk about his game and kind of his role this past season with Longmont and looking ahead to the future, we're going to just warm up with, you know, these questions to get to know you as an athlete and as a fan of athletics. So what is your favorite experience or memory while playing sports. Now this could be football. Obviously we're a football podcast, but if there are any other sports with very, you know, nice memories or anything like that, you can talk about those as well in this bit.
1: Um, yeah, mine was probably just, the. Uh, I probably have two, just the first ones probably is my first varsity, like starting moment was against Monarch. My sophomore year is the second game of the season. It was during that COVID year. So that was definitely an interesting year with all that. But um, the starter that was in front of me, Aiden Gaddis, he was a very he was a very talented football player. He was a little bit undersized, but he, uh, he played left tackle and primarily DN, and they couldn't have him going both ways anymore, so they, so they uh, switched him to primarily DN and put me. And that was definitely fun because I got to experience the whole varsity feel. The second one's probably um, I really enjoyed the Erie game, uh, even though we lost this year. It was it was a fun game. I got to uh, go go up against Jackson Calgo, which was nice to, to get the experience. Gets going against uh, a high level uh, athlete that made me feel like
0: I'm ready for the next level. No, those are both awesome, and that doesn't happen to be uh, Cole's other brother, is it? It is Cole's other brother.
1: Yeah, he Man. was he was a little bit he was about the same height, but he's a lot stockier. He could squat like four sixty-five was his thing in high school. Now he's insane. He can squat like six fifty five. He sent me a video yesterday. Oh, my still a good friend. He's an insane athlete.
0: Well that's awesome just to a hear that uh, it seems to be a bit of a family thing. Uh here in Longmont, because you know one of the other questions we have is you know how does it feel having been able to play with uh, your younger brother as well?
1: Yeah, it was actually amazing, like before the season, Ethan had a knee surgery, which was with his kneecap, so he had to get that uh fixed around in the springtime. I don't remember exactly what it was, but we didn't know how how ready he'd be for the football uh season. He ended up being full ready to go about halfway through the summer, and it was just fun to see him progress. Like he he went through middle school football, but there's it's a lot. High school football is a lot different intensity and stuff like that. It was it was cool to watch him progress with the intensity and stuff. And he got a he got to start a few games. It was a lot of fun when I I started left tackle and he started right tackle. He, he's he's an amazing athlete. I don't want to talk about too much, but he's an amazing athlete. He, uh I think he's gonna be a great uh tackle in the future. he's gonna just keep getting better
0: well, I think it's just really cool to see uh you know both you and the gattises you know the Gattises and Athertons holding it down here in the uh twenty twenties so you know that's a yeah. uh, that's a sweet deal and um yeah no, we're definitely excited to to see his career progress as well. And we were just very interested to see how that went. But, you know, I think obviously, you know, that first varsity start, you know, you get under the lights and it's just, it's a whole different vibe. I mean, you talk middle school to high school, even the jump from JV to varsity can seem really intense and extreme, but, you know, it's definitely a great feeling. And uh, I love that as a memory because, you know, a lot of people talk, you know, like specific, wins or they talk specific like conditions of games and so to hear you talk about that first varsity star is just very grounding and i appreciate you sharing that and then you know this eerie game too i mean that i love the personal aspect for you as far as you know yeah the game didn't go the way we wanted it to but i got a huge challenge out of that and i think that Mm -hmm. speaks to just the kind of player that you are and you can see that tenacity and that drive in your film and I'm very excited to talk about that as well as the rest of the long month season, but for the time being, we're gonna have you flip seats into the you know spectators view and ask you what's your favorite sport viewing experience as a fan and this could be a game that, you know, you watched as a kid live, whether it was high school, college, professional, semi-pro, or this could be a game that you saw on TV and it's just like, yeah, I love this team so much and they accomplished this and I just remember the whole day or what have you. So have at that question as well. Um,
1: Yeah, probably for me, it was the – I'm a big Broncos fan personally. That's how I kind of grew to love the sport. So just watching the 2015 Broncos – was like one of the coolest experiences just watching Von miller specifically and just his athletic ability and especially in the the super bowl and the afc championship game against the patriots i like just his athletic ability with him getting all the sacks strip, strip sacks about how he was able to get so low to the ground and just go right under the the tackle was crazy to me and it it just shows about how uh I, don't know. I just find it interesting with the level of like skill that these people have like the fact like people making it to college is really hard to do people succeeding college is even harder uh, people get into nfl is even harder and like succeeding at that high of a level is it's crazy to me so i just think that that was kind of the coolest thing just to
0: watch like on tv no that's totally valid and you know, that's one of my favorites as well. I grew up born and raised in Colorado, so I grew up a Denver fan. And, you know, that was a fun year for us, too. And, you know, I guess now that you're looking back on it, you're just like, man, if somebody comes at me at like a 25 degree angle off the edge, I'm going to lose my mind. That's a that's a NFL move. What are they doing with that?
1: Yeah, It'd have to be a real little acc- acclimated to that. It'd be crazy. <laughs> uh,
0: but, you know, I think that uh, with with your tenacity and with your reaction to challenges I I think you'll I think you'll get it around to it if you if you do see it but you know I guess kind of transitioning a little bit to to more you and talking your game what was your reaction to to our game or to our evaluation of your game pardon me and uh kind of where you landed on our list and you know the categories and stuff where you know we favored you very highly in size and in strength and um you know some of our critiques what did you have as far as like thoughts on all those things and you know we like to ask about the critiques and stuff just because this is your chance to defend yourself or be explain context potentially because uh you know we don't get the full story unless we're we're told about it right so if there's anything beyond our straight eye view that's fine but uh yeah feel feel free to kind of poke and prod at our uh, reaction to your game
1: yeah um i loved hearing my name on your guys podcast i really appreciate everything you guys do just giving uh i don't know awareness to colorado sports that isn't that's hard to find like colorado sports doesn't isn't given enough recognition for what we have in athletes um but it, you guys uh you are, I'm pretty sure you guys are ranked my pass blocking pretty high, which I I, I agree with that. With uh um, I feel like just having played under with like Keegan Patterson for the first two years of me starting, we were primarily a spread passing offense, which that's where I got my uh, i got experience in pass blocking and we're pass blocking eighty percent of the game. And when we would run block, it'd be I don't know. Look, it, we try to make it look like we're pass blocking. So it's just the going into my senior year when Keegan was gone. The you guys ranked my uh, run blocking a little bit lower than I would have liked, but I I could see where you guys are seeing there with uh just how it was kind of different for me. It was kind of a new thing for us for to go into a power uh run scheme with Keegan leaving. And then over the summer we we saw that we're getting a short quarterback, which he's a first year he's gonna, he's going to be a first year starter, and uh, we might not pass as much. And then Cole Gattis, uh, over the summer we we very quickly learned that he is insanely hard runner and an absolute dog out there. So we we kind of figured out that we're going to be primarily a, a running team and still try to pass with that. So it was kind of a new thing for me to learn how to run block. Um, So I kind of had to relearn that over the summer, and I feel like it got better over the year, but definitely didn't start out as well as I wanted to. Um. And, but yeah, that was. I appreciated the the ranking, and I saw that you guys had those uh, ranked higher and lower, but I see where it is. I think my run blocking could get a little bit higher, but I, I don't know. It's it's your guys' ranking.
0: No, and I think that's a fair reaction, especially because I mean, like you said, philosophically, that's like a 180 on on yeah. you know what what scheme you're running and, and how you're running it. So, you know, that is a little bit of a tall order and like you said, just very different things. But I mean, obviously I think that y'all made it work out here. And yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of jump into this season a little bit. We've been kind of talking about it a little in and out here. And, you know, I want to start with the positives here first and some things that you're happy with about this past season and some goals that you think y'all were able to achieve.
1: Um, So losing that many uh, offensive starters and even defensive starters, we were a little – worried at the beginning of the season, but we felt that we could still succeed with the athletes that we had brought to us. Like there was a lot of people that stepped up and going to the JV to varsity level and a lot of athletes that even came in as freshmen and contributed a very large amount to us. Like um our goals were probably just that we were we wanted to we wanted a championship and we knew that we had to we had to grow a lot to get there. And uh specifically we also wanted to get to the playoffs and making a very good playoff run in that, and uh, I feel like we did that. I feel like we we made the playoff run. We we tried our hardest. We lost. We lost a few uh, players to injury uh, before the last game, which which hurt us. And I feel like with this season, we had we had multiple people pushed into different roles, and they have been normally. Asked to do like Griffin Taylor, he was primarily a fullback and uh, defensive tackle. He played guard at the beginning of last uh, last season, the the, uh, the season with Keegan, the the one that was before this last one. Um, yeah. yeah, And uh, Cole Gaddis playing middle linebacker and being moved to to uh, running back was insane. And just how how well he he took that and, uh multiple people asked to play both ways when they were used to playing uh just one way like all of our like hunter knight uh grant Cummins, all the uh players that were moved from two different sides of the ball and then asked to play both sides of the ball and then had to um get physically acclimated to that and be able to to go at their hardest for both sides. I feel like we we completed a lot for what we were
0: given. Yeah, no, I, I remember I did your season preview, and I remember looking at just how many people graduated, especially I mean, you just look at how dynamic the offense was through the air last year with, you know, Caleb and Keegan as as well as your, you know, uh big bodied receiver whose name I'm blanking on, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh Yeah, Jack. There we go. So, you know, I think that obviously when you hit such a huge shuffle like that, that's that's a tough hand that you're dealt. But, you know, I think that that's awesome that, you know, a lot of people were adapting and and growing. And I mean, you still made the playoffs. Right. So, you know, I think that that's something that you can take pride in. And this team definitely grew as the year went on, too. You could see that in in the box score and just in the maturity as well. So. I very much appreciate that. And, you know, kind of talking about that, you know, you talked about a lot of these younger players that had to kind of figure things out and uh, were thrown into the fire more or less. What are some lessons that you hope that they learned from this season to take into next season to be more successful?
1: Um, probably that you don't need that. You don't need the insane amounts of athletic talents in order to be a a good football team. Uh, Our coach always says to us that some of his best teams weren't even the fastest, strongest, things like that. I know that's all coaches normally say that, but we we really found out that that is true this season. Like we didn't have, we had a generally short team. Our quarterback was short. We Our linemen besides me, my brother and Drew Miller were were short. It was, it was, it was it, it was cool to watch how we as a team formed together and were able to just truly become a team over the matter of the few months that we had together. It was it was really fun to be a part of and I hope that they just take that and move into the next few years that they got.
0: Yeah, hopefully they can ride that wave. So and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and chip in just a quick follow-up question. From Gideon here, you know, you're talking about some guys that are playing both ways. And this is something that we've seen a little bit from Longmont football in the past, you know, especially like Keegan Patterson playing safety as well as quarterback. But what do you think about players, you know, in the 4A and 5A classification playing both ways? You know, we see it from time to time, but, you know, compared to 1 through 3A where almost everybody does. How do you think that impacts, you know, their individual game as well as the team effort when you have guys that can play both ways in 4A and 5A?
1: Uh, I feel like it really just shows a testament to their uh, willingness to do anything for the team. Like you're putting your body on the line a lot of times with that. Um, and you you see it all the time and the people are normally beat up near the end of the season. But my personal belief on it is that it's hard to have so many players playing both ways because what we experienced with that and what we have experienced with that for multiple years, like – uh my junior year when Keegan was beat up he had he had I think bruised ribs or something like that. He he was he was in pain all season. Uh Caleb had a messed up ankle. This season Cole's knee wasn't doing good. Uh Griffin Taylor he he tore his meniscus and all at the end of the season they're just not able to make it for the rest of the season. But I feel like there is a need for it sometimes when where there is a need on a team and it's only a few players. I feel like it can become a problem
0: when it's more than two or three players that are going both ways. Yeah. So the, the wear and tear is very evident as, as far as, you know, when you go both ways, I mean, football, it's a violent sport. Everyone who plays it knows that. And some people who, who watch it can realize that as well. So, you know, I think that those are all good points, but I mean, Like you said, sometimes there's a need and, you know, the dudes that do it, they're legit dudes as as far as being able to pull it off. So I think that those are all great points. And uh, I think that your perspective on it, especially at Longmont, where it's arguably a little bit more common than uh, some other schools in 4A and whatnot. I think that that's a good perspective to kind of have to kind of look at both uh, sides of that. So and before we kind of bounce back to you. I know that we're talking Longmont ball here and uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here probably after this question or another one, but who are some teammates that we should look out for next year? I mean, I know that you've listed off uh, quite a few here, but uh, you know, they, they want to hear uh, who Noah shouts out here. So no pressure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. I think cool guys is just going to keep getting better. Uh I think they're gonna have him play a little bit more linebacker this season, still uh still do some running back, but have him have him show up as linebacker because that's I think that's what he's gonna get recruited as in college. And uh I think Colby Holmes, he's just gonna keep getting better and as he showed throughout the year that he, he will keep getting better. Uh Joey Foote and Ethan, my brother, they actually played on the same um middle school team. So I actually gotta see Joey progress. And how I, and I knew he was con and uh, when he was playing in middle school, he was he was doing the things he's doing in high school and middle school. So it's it's crazy, and I feel like they are just gonna keep getting better with it.
0: You got um, to see it firsthand. You got to you knew about Joey Foot uh, before everyone else. So <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: Um, yeah, and definitely like our guards that played both ways with. Uh, hunter and grants there's just so many players that are just gonna, that are younger players that are just gonna keep getting better
0: yeah no i definitely think that the youth on this team has us here at the pod very excited at the possibilities and whatnot so i appreciate you taking time to uh shout them out here and uh now we're gonna give you a chance to finally talk about yourself here you know as far as you know we talked your game and our evaluation of your game but now we want to ask the prospect himself noah what would you say are two to three qualities that separate you from other prospects either in the state or in the country
1: um i feel like the main one is just hard work like i didn't have the same like upbringing that a um that a college athlete normally has with that sport that they're going, uh, to college for with, uh, in middle school for, in middle school for me, I, uh, I played on the Sky Falcons team and they, and I actually didn't play at all, like to like very little amounts. And it was, it was hard for me. I didn't want to do football anymore. So I felt like, but my, I just felt, feel like I, worked through that and just worked on certain skills that I needed to get better at. Cause I did have a dream of becoming a college football player. And I feel like people are just going to keep seeing that through me, just that I will just keep
0: getting better throughout each year. Um, But yeah. Yeah, no, I think that and you see this a lot, as far as the gap between high school and college ball, what prepares you? And I think that definitely being, you know, mentally and just strong and in that grind set is where you see a lot of guys that do make the jump versus a lot of guys that maybe don't make the jump. So I I could definitely see that. And you know, that's something that you know we don't really get to talk about unless we have like met you a ton of times before. Uh, So I appreciate you bringing that up and, and addressing that too. So, you know, and obviously I'd say it's shaken out pretty good for you, you know, as you are committed to play on the next level, as you have accomplished so much here for, you know, your high school career and whatnot. And I guess kind of looking forward to the future, would you mind kind of, you know, giving us the lowdown on your recruiting story and what that process looked like, you know, what's. You know, whether it was who called first, where were the visits going to and, and stuff like that. Just kinda of take us through your recruiting journey, man.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to South Dakota State for uh, football. Uh with that, my my mom's uh whole side of the family lives in uh that side of South Dakota. So I've kind of always seen the program and just seen how how successful the program just is compared to programs in Colorado that have been up and down uh to at least over the years and so I initially reached out to the head coach and the O-line coach and just told them that I'm interested in their program and that I've been watching the program for multiple years and have seen the success and have seen what Coach Stakes has built in over the years and how it's going on the upward trend with it too. So I reached out about a year and a half ago, and it, then we that kind of started a conversation. I I got I went to the first meeting with them. I went to their junior day, came out with them there. Um, went to another visit uh for the facilities. Went to their camp, uh which was a full pad camp. It was a six hour camp. It was it was long, but. It really let me show off my skill set and they they gotta see my uh, abilities that I'm able to do. And um then we went on a game day visit. Gotta see that. Uh the the whole game day atmosphere, which was crazy. And then uh I got offered to play on their uh to play on the football team. So uh that's right then since the beginning subco state's kinda of been the place I wanted to be. So it wasn't too that uh, hard that hard of a decision to pick that. So yeah, it was just a place for me.
0: No, that's awesome that you have that established kind of you know connection there. As far as you know, having the family out there that gives you like a you know a sense of familiarity and just knowing the program that's huge. So yeah. I think that those are great points, and uh, I'm glad that when you reached out, they they took a look and were like, oh. Oh, he wants to play for us? That's awesome. Let's have him. So and like you said, this is a very successful program. And I mean, you know, with you and Griffin Taylor um going to teams that both won and played in national championships, you know, how do you think that Longmont itself has contributed to your abilities being sought at, you know, for the highest level? And that's a question via Gideon here.
1: Um uh Longmont, the program has always had a they haven't always had the the most insane athletes and they're we're kind of known for that. So it's always kind of been about self-building with that. And just to take Griffin Taylor for a test that he his first year of football was his junior year, which was crazy and he his just athletic ability just showed out with that and it just kind of Shows a testament to how long-long football is just kind of uh, requires your best effort in everything, and it really brings brings out brings out the best in, in everyone and everyone can really help them going on to the college level.
0: Yeah, cre- creating that you know that culture, I think, is very good, and I think that it's been reflected pretty well as far as you know how the recruiting has looked the uh, past few years for y'all and just the success that you've had as a program. So I think that that's a good note there and I appreciate you answering that. And you know, when you were obviously you were looking at specifically South Dakota State and other than, you know, the success that they had sustained as a program, what were some other boxes that they kind of checked off for you when you're looking at a school to go to?
1: Um when I first went there, you can immediately feel like the Everyone says a family feel, but I really did feel like they were a family. Like the coaches were all very friendly. And uh, Coach Stiggs is an amazing, amazing guy. And he there's a reason why they got a national championship this year. Um, and he really just made the whole program feel like a family feel. And they just, I don't know if you know, they they recently, uh, Coach Stiggs recently retired and The new coach is uh, a coach that was already on the staff uh, in Coach Rogers, and he he's just gonna bring that exact same feel. He's he's been on the staff for for I think 15 years. He played on he played for Coach Stiggs uh, for four years. I'm I'm just excited for it. it, The team just really just brings out um, the best and like work ethic that they require and the really just need to be the best in the country, which I'm really excited for.
0: That sounds awesome. And I mean, with, with that emphasis that you have on, you know, that family feel, and it just feels like, you know, the love that all the players and the coaches have for each other through the game of football just sounds really contagious. And that sounds like an awesome environment. I mean, shoot, man, you should look into recruiting um, after for uh, South Dakota State uh, following your playing career because you had me convinced. You just sold me on, on the commitment. So, uh, barring that, culture remains. But, you know, I think that when you look at that compared to, and you even talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, the sustained success is one thing that they do very, very well. And, you know, you mentioned just really briefly that Colorado – you know, schools of, of similar scale kind of fluctuate a little bit. What do you think, and this is courtesy of Gideon once again, what can Colorado universities do better to be able to attract recruits like yourself?
1: Um, well, I'm personally a CEU fan, so I've been following the Coach Bryan stuff, and I feel like he's just going to bring out the best in the program with – his exposure that he brings to the program. Just the fact that Coach Brown is there is gonna bring recruits. So you can obviously already see that's that's working when with him getting the best cornerback in the class in the class of 2022 and class of 2023 uh to Colorado, which isn't just insane. And uh but with like places like UMC and see C- uh, CSU um I feel like just recruiting in state, like if you don't have that big exposure piece, if you're letting players like, I don't know, Blake Barnett, Cola Crew, players like that go to different, go to out of state places, and you're, you have obviously had a talent in state, and you're just letting that, pass you by i feel like if they just get the talent that's in their state that's just homegrown in the state colorado they they could be a successful program and they just haven't bought into that in the correct ways but yeah that's just my take on it
0: well don't worry that take is not uncommon at least on this podcast we've talked about that many times and you know you you reference these other recruits but i even think letting a guy like noah atherton skip town here and you know just looking at the other tackles on this list they only got one of these guys to stay in state and that was tanner morley you know so even out yeah. of a top 5 list we're still missing guys here and even the guys that were just outside are are just barely missing here so you know i definitely think that it is something to to consider and i think that, that that's not like an uncommon opinion. i appreciate you sharing that and you know one of these days, you know, somebody's going to figure it out, but until then we'll we'll keep fighting the good fight here. and um you know for you heading into, you know, south dakota and getting ready to do that, what are kind of your goals or your outlook for for college whether that's on or off the field? um just with the
1: football aspect, I'm I'm just playing to get stronger. I'm, I'm redshirted in my first year, and they venture all linemen, so I'm pa- playing to just get stronger, build my skill set, just get used to the the college game speed. I'm sitting under their starting left tackle right now is All American uh, Garrett Greenfield, who is he is so athletically skilled and is able to bully people. And Mason McCormick, if you wanna. If you want interesting lineman in college just to just to watch and just be amazed by it, just look him up uh i'm just excited to sit behind those two and uh learn everything i can from them and hopefully become a successful lineman for south Dakota state
0: yeah no and we're excited for that for you and you know i think that those are good goals and just I, I like obviously everyone wants to play as as soon as you get there you don't go commit to play football because you don't like football right but I also think that it's nice for you to have you know this kind of eagerness to learn from behind some of the best to do it on on the college level and so I think that that's very exciting and looking to replicate and even exceed at some point hopefully that those skills and whatnot and and be able to grow in that role I think that's commendable and I think it's very doable you know we believe in you here at the pod uh obviously otherwise we wouldn't have raved about you so much on on the evaluation and wouldn't have given you um some of the tips or advice that we were looking to give you but you know and this is getting back to being a little bit fun here uh Gideon chipped this in and asked uh, are you gonna keep hooping at the rec center in college um
1: well right now I'm just recovering from uh my knee injury so Hopefully once I once I get good with that, and uh, hopefully keep open with that. So, basketball has always been a love of mine. It's a great way to just stay in shape, and it's always fun. So yeah, I'm hopefully gonna keep doing that.
0: Yeah, wear and tear is definitely something a uh, little bit to to think about, but I definitely think you know hopefully in a rec center uh, setting know, you, you still you're still able to hoop sometimes. But, you know, I think that's awesome that just just seeing that that smirk that you had, I could tell that you miss at least getting up there and putting some shots up. So, you know, we're we're hoping that you get a speedy recovery so you can get back out onto the hardwood uh, sooner than later and just uh, mess around and have some fun. <laughs> um, for so and, you know, as as we kind of turn towards the back end of this interview here you know, we do want to know whether it's, these are up-and-coming players at Longmont or these are up-and-coming players anywhere. You know, either way you want to look at it, what kind of advice would you give to high school athletes making their way through high school who aspire to go to the next level? Whether it's about recruiting, school, football, what have you, what advice would you like to impart to that next generation of of players?
1: I feel like with my recurring journey, it's kind of just shows that you kind of want to make it known that you want to be there. And if they know you want to be there, they'll know that you'll put in enough work to get to the place for you to be a successful uh, player. And so I just think whether it's DMing coaches or just reaching out any way you can just, just let them know like how, what they you like about their program and why you want to be there. Just so then they know that you want to be there. And if they recruit you, then they recruit you, and you'll you'll get to play at the place you want to be. And,
0: yeah, that's just what I got. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's something to take away as far as uh, popular quotes and whatnot is you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott – So, you know, I think um, I think that your your journey is a great example of that, because like, hey, i love to play for South Dakota State. And now look at you. You're going to have an opportunity to play there. And I think that's so exciting. And, you know, I think that's really I don't want to say rare necessarily, but, you know, a lot of people's first choice kind of changes just kind of depending on the process and stuff like that. So for you to be like for you to call your shot, you know, we're going to we're going to hit a home run to left field, left center. And then to do exactly that, you know, that's really exciting. And we are so, so excited to see how that process kind of plays out. And, you know, I think that that would be a fun, you know, we're looking forward to your career there. And yeah. And speaking of your career, Gideon has a chip in here and we're kind of bouncing back a little bit to that Longmont days. They're not so far away. And uh, he's curious, who would you say is the most underrated player that you faced in your high school career? And, you know, whether it's the same player or a different one, who was your favorite matchup as you were playing high school ball?
1: I don't know. Probably, again, Jackson Caldwell. It was just a fun game. When it, came to, it was just physical throughout the whole entire time. it was us two bumping heads each and every time. I, I remember talking to my buddy Drew, and uh, he was pulling sometimes to hit him. And we were saying, like, oh, my God. Like our heads were just – Against like scrambles, and but it was just so much fun. I felt like they the I just love the competition there, so yeah, I, I don't feel like he's underrated because, like, he's, he's obviously getting a good amount of uh, people to go against in with recruiting, but uh, underrated player, he do, we didn't even play against him, but it'd probably be Aiden Gaddis. He was an absolute hustle animal, and I, I only got to go up against him. Uh, my junior year uh, and sophomore year, but we didn't. We didn't play. We just played each other in practice, and he he was a guy that went. Uh, he never had an off switch when it came to practice. He wasn't. He wasn't just walking through practice. We were going full on, and the one on ones against him was was crazy, and it, it was just competition the whole entire way. He was he was strong, and I just felt like we just it was just fun to play against them.
0: No, I think that's a fair uh, evaluation of both those guys. And I would say, you know, uh, Calgo, he's rated, right? Maybe not underrated. Yeah. He, he's rated. He's not overrated. He's I know that for sure, but he's no. rated. So uh, <laughs> I think that's a fair way to evaluate him. And, you know, exactly. now now that we're kind of at the uh, the sunset of this interview, we believe here at the podcast that it really does take a village to Produce not only an excellent next level player, but also just good people in general. And so we want to give you all the time that you need. And, uh, you know, speaking of making you think here, we're going to just give you time to thank everyone who's been important to your academic or athletic career who you'd like to shout out on the show. You know, this could be friends, fellow players, this could be family members, this could be coaches, whoever you want to thank. You know, go ahead and just take as much time as you need. To, to shout them out and how they've been important to your journey, man.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely started off my mom and dad. They've always been my number one supporter when it came to recruiting and uh, football in general. Uh, brother, my brother's always been my biggest fan. Uh, any of my teammates, uh, Cole Gaddis, when we just both sit down and just go through each other's Twitter, help each other out in, in any way we can. Uh, any of the Gaddis family, all the teammates, all the coaches, everyone's just supported me so much and helped me through this process. And I really do really appreciate all the family, all the friends. Yeah.
0: See, that's the way to do it because uh, a lot of other guys, they get on here. And they're like, yeah, I'd like to thank inserts like 15 names. And yeah. uh, hopefully I didn't forget anybody, but uh, you know, you, you went the broad route, which is the way to go. You are well-practiced um, in, in that realm.
1: <laughs> exactly. Big pieces and then other people that will get yell at you if they, if you don't think of them. So you gotta, you gotta say everyone.
0: Yeah. It's like, I'd rather put together a 10 piece puzzle than a hundred piece puzzle. Right. So you just got to make the pieces exactly. really big, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And you know, you talked about uh, talked about, working on your social media where can the listeners find you let's get you some followers here man (laughs) all right let me bring it up i Uh, I know you're not here to clout chase but you know we'll get you some followers while we can instagram is atherton underscore noah uh find me there twitter uh atherton underscore noah that's that's a thing consistent hey take yep. a note from him scouts love the consistency it's really e- i can look up noah atherton and and here you are and it i just, just also want to exactly i want to give you a shout out here to younger players look at how his twitter bio is this is what it's supposed to look like all right don't be doing a ton of extra stuff it's straightforward also be like noah yeah, yeah, in all that, the big information exactly Sorry, and interrupting you Oh, no worries. The, for for those who are listening, by the way, this is over Skype. So, you know, there there's going to be disconnect in uh, in convo sometimes. But, you know, Noah, you've killed it here. And uh, I mean, be like Noah in the fact that four point one GPA. Gosh, what a what an all star, man. Huge congrats. And, you know, if you get it done in the classroom, it makes everything else easier with recruiting. They'd rather recruit uh, four point one. GPA Noah Atherton then two point one GPA Noah Atherton. All right. So be like Noah. Exactly. Get those high yeah. grades and uh fix
1: up the classroom.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you know, I just want to say thank you so much for your time on the show, man. And you know, it really does mean a lot through Gideon, Simon, and myself that you're able to take some time here and uh, you know, come come fill us in.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys you both. Thanks, Gideon, for coming to that long long game. It just really appreciate Everyone really just appreciated it. you just being there, just uh, being there to help us get some some people looking at us for, for Longmont High School football. So I appreciate you
0: doing that. Hey, when ballers are balling and you're not getting any recognition for it, you deserve some time in the spotlight. Well, thank you. Yeah, Gideon is for sure the goat here, Um, being able to let us see a few more games a year and, uh, you know, helping us get that coverage. So and, you know, for more coverage and for, you know, more spotlights on players and hearing more content from Gideon, myself or Coach V, be sure after you follow Noah on Instagram and Twitter to find us at Playmaker Corner on Twitter and Playmakers Corner everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, I don't know if TikTok will still be a thing when this episode comes out, but you know if it is, find us on TikTok where we like to make little highlights and clips and stuff like that, promoting our you know little segments and our shows here. So be sure to find all of that information. and you know, heading forward, be sure to listen to us on anything where you can find podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And you know, like, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do to get notifications for all of our latest episodes, as well as on YouTube where we post our stuff at Playmakers Corner. But with that little plug over, once again, I'm gonna just say a huge thank you, Noah, for for the interview, man.
1: Yeah, no problem. And just going with the TikTok thing, if you want to know what the life is at being a lineman as a skinny guy, just go and look up
0: Tubby. It's on TikTok. He'll tell you what's up. Oh man, we love tub eats here at uh, Playmakers Corner, so that's a great plug here. And um, <laughs> hey, go get those calories any way that you can,
1: but you always got uh, to stay big.
0: Exactly. So that's uh, that's been Noah Atherton. I've been one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, joined here by Gideon, and uh, we'll catch you next time.